Welcome. I'm Phyllis Weiss Hazaro, and I'm welcoming you to Legacy Makers at Work. This is a brand new podcast, and Liz and I are very excited about all the insightful guests we're going to have to join us for you. But since this is the second episode, we thought it would be useful to start off explaining what the theme is and what we're all about. So we're going to be interviewing each other about our own legacy stories so far and let you know who we are and hopefully you want to join our community. So let's jump right in. So Phyllis, how would you define a legacy at work? Well, it's about what you want to be remembered for something meaningful to you and to others from what you feel you have made a difference. It's not your resume. It could be one project or years of effort that add up to something memorable. And you want to be proud of it. So it should be filled with purpose and fulfillment for you. Let me try to encapsulate my intended legacy at work briefly and then work backwards to how I identified it with my intention. Great. At this point in my journey, I envision my legacy at work as uniting the various generations at work in understanding of each other and working harmoniously in collaboration without any stereotyping or shame or blame, working toward common goals. I have coined two words. I love making up words. To describe this, one is gengagement and the other collaborationism. Perhaps in the future episodes, we'll talk a little bit more about them. Great. How did your career evolve? I mean, I know that you've done many things, but it would be nice to hear about how your career evolved and how you decided to become so passionate about gengagement and collaborationism. Well, it wasn't on my part an epiphany. Honestly, the only epiphany in my life I remember having is when I absolutely decided I didn't want to be a lawyer because the parts of a lawyer's job I enjoyed, management and marketing, I had already been doing as a consultant to firms in the legal industry. So my career trajectory has been from urban planner, which is my graduate degree, to a trailblazing consultant, speaker, author, professional services, marketing, business development. This is pretty new when I started. To, again, trailblazing the multi-generational workplace arena as a consultant, facilitator, coach, speaker, and author. And I've really been focusing on that since 2004. So that's why I say trailblazing. And I have been loving doing my current incarnation, as I call it, for over 15 years and expect my passion for it to continue. It feels right. So the word passion is tossed around a lot. And I know that we both use it, but I'd like to understand how, and I'm sure our audience would too, how you think of that and how it fits into legacy makers at work. Sure, happy to talk about that, Liz. I've done a lot of things in my career that I really liked a lot, but I didn't know what a work passion felt like. I mean, really, people would talk about it and I didn't know what I was supposed to be feeling. 
until I jumped in with both feet to the intergenerational challenges work. So I didn't start out following a passion as so many young people are advised these days. And early on as a marketing consultant, I recognized that why organizations were not as effective as they should be was how people interacted with each other, often didn't. So I added conflict resolution and other aspects of organizational effectiveness to my services. And over 20 years, I observed in professional service firms that I was working with that senior professionals were too busy to give the younger ones the attention they needed. So I started next generation programs in my client firms. And that included bringing mid-level and junior professionals together with management to talk about things, to understand each other and get support for the younger ones to take wings. Working with the younger generations, as well as management and practice leaders, gave me insights to the, well, what was at the time three generations, now we have five. And I got fascinated with all things generational, focusing on work primarily from recruiting through succession planning and diversity, equity, and inclusion, which has become a bigger and more important recognized thing now, and essentially improving the human aspects of work. That's my interest. So looking back to try to understand the connections and patterns in my career trajectory and how I came to see myself as a uniter, dubbed the cross-generational voice, it took years for me to realize two things. One, this is a great deal of demographic work I did as an urban planner, and truly demographics are our destiny. Uh, that clearly relates to my generational interests. And the second thing was my relative ease connecting, communicating, and interacting with people of all ages and generations with their various differences. Really from the beginning of my career, I realized that everybody doesn't find that easy. So right. seemed my thing. Right. At what point in your career did you start thinking in terms of a work legacy, even, even if it wasn't called that or you didn't call it that? And what inspired you to your intended legacy of uniting generations and all those related issues? Hmm. Well, first, about 10 years ago, when I was working with law firms on succession and transitioning planning, and then probably about five years ago, when I started talking and writing about legacy at work, I developed an idea about legacy makers at work, read a few articles, got good feedback on that, and talking about starting masterminds. You will all hear more about that in the future. But to have aspiring leaders start envisioning their legacy with a process, peer support, and as well as facilitators. Beyond my client work, I was inspired by the great need I saw to relieve individuals and organizational stress about differences and the harmful divisiveness in the country, which has just gotten worse and worse, as we're all very aware, and not only the country, but the world, on so many issues that I saw were informed and influenced by generational attitudes and behaviors. 
and most organizations gave little or no attention to that missing piece. It should be at the table on diversity issues. So I'm going to keep pushing for it. And I also saw ageism as potentially hitting all generations at some point, the younger ones as well as older, and how that played out in employment. So then I developed an authentic age assessment intended for people to advocate for themselves for jobs and promotions with a, a sort of portrait of their true functional age and assets, not a chronological one. I don't even really believe in chronological age except for social security and Medicare and things like that. We have to have some parameters. Right. That's great. So did you have a, or develop a plan with the end in mind or did it evolve from happenstance? You know, how did that happen? I guess it was a little of both. You get opportunities to do things, sometimes that just fall in your lap, sometimes things that you think you want to pursue, and that evolves. So that's been my experience anyway. And I intend to keep working on and refining my vision and the path to it, continually looking for opportunities. So much more to do. So, you know, one of the things that, that we both talked a lot about are that how you can describe yourself in six to 10 words. And so I was wondering if you would share with us today what words you would use to describe yourself. Yeah, so how, who am I? I, I actually did that, this exercise uh, a few times asking clients and people who have known me for quite a while. Uh, and uh, maybe it's evolved over the years a little bit, but I'll give you a bunch of words. So curious, I, I'm really endlessly curious. Creative, very much in many ways. I mentioned Trailblazer, I mentioned United. I've always been good at pattern spotting. That is a good thing. The downside of that is that so many things all seem to be related to each other and it's really hard to focus in. And so not enough focus is, uh, you know, I'll admit to my vulnerability. A trend watcher, visionary, continuous learner. Uh, every day I'm really, really eager to learn new things. And energetic, which is something that all the young people that I, that I work with are always remarking about. So I'm very fortunate to be very energetic, which I probably credit to um, the fact that I've always been a good sleeper it has something to do with it. That's great. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to further conversations as we go through um, and interview other people in our podcast. Great. This is going to be fun. Yes. Looking forward. Okay. Well, I will share some more in our next episode, but now let's hear Liz's legacy path. Liz, how do you define a legacy at work? Thanks, Phyllis. I think it's sim very similar in a lot of ways to how you describe uh, defining a legacy at work. Yeah. It's about how and what you want to be remembered for by the people that you work with. It's not about your resume, as you mentioned. It's about how you'll be experienced after you have left. And what I mean by that is people that you worked with or that you shared your knowledge with will take away from what you shared 
the things that are important and they'll remember that you participated in that, that you gave them that information. Mm-hmm. And there are so many aspects to legacy and some of it is you know, really sharing your accumulated wisdom, your willingness to contribute that wisdom and their knowledge to the growth and the opportunity and innovation to those around you, both inside and outside the workplace. Yeah, that sounds like a very positive kind of legacy. Yes. You know, for you and maybe the organization that you work for. And sharing the knowledge and the wisdom that you have sets the foundation for communication and collaboration in that organization. And when you're able to harness that perspective and that energy, your legacy grows with each experience and with every contribution you make. And each time you inspire and influence others to see something new and see it to completion, that's, that's a really powerful motivating force for both you and the person who, was, who saw something new and was able to create something new. That perspective is just a really powerful opportunity to shape your life and really create a roadmap for yourself on a purposeful life. So at what point in your career did you start thinking in terms of a work legacy? And we might not have called it that, although you had worked, I think, from the philanthropic side of a legacy. Was there an epiphany at any time to point you in the direction of your legacy? So I think that my career had a number of shifts that all led to what what, to what I focus on now. And each one of those shifts gave me an opportunity to reflect on my path and whether I needed to make a course correct. So after business school, I started my career here in New York as an investment banker. And as time went on, I pivoted to governance consulting and then to philanthropic advisory, where my, my perspectives and the experiences that I have had about legacy really evolved. And then about 13 years ago, I started to focus on the power of legacy in life and work and how much that really had just incredible influence on what people chose to do once they realized that it should be intentional instead of just letting it happen to you. Because I believe that we all have a purpose. We all have stories to share about our experiences and those stories lead to our legacies and how we, how we share those stories gives someone else an opportunity to imagine their legacy. And it allows us to reflect on where we are on any moment, at any moment in time, and where we want to go and how to get there. Yeah. The stories are very important. And we hear all kinds of people are teaching how to tell stories now. It's, uh, you know, a kind of new um, career path for a, a lot of people. What have you learned from other people's stories? So I think that developing a perspective about my own choices is definitely reflected from the experiences I've had with people I've worked with. So that might be how you engage with people, how you share your story, because for each person, they're going to interpret things differently. And so it's, it's show, showing them and helping them visualize how elements came together for me based on what I learned from them over the years. I've had people do have completely different perspectives than, than I did. They could be very conservative or they could be very, very liberal. And I'm kind of in the middle and learning in, from a political perspective, but I learn from them regardless of what their perspectives or backgrounds are. And it's enabled me to develop more tools to help them mm-hmm. see more clearly as well as myself. 
Yeah, we all certainly should be open to learning from the people around us. Yeah, absolutely. So did you develop a legacy plan with the end in mind or did it evolve from happenstance somewhat like mine? So, you know, I think that when we start working, and certainly in my case, you know, straight out of business school, well, actually before that, but certainly after business school, I don't think I ever thought about what it starting, you know, having a legacy or what that might look like. And I think it takes major events that happen in life that make you reflect on what you're doing. So it's not about, it's not happenstance, but it's not exactly planning. Um, Something happens that makes you reflect and that encourages you or sort of sets you up to think about, well, am, am I on the right path or should I be thinking about something else? Yeah, it really does take time and experience to start forming your legacy vision. But on the other hand, I don't think that people should necessarily wait too long. This isn't, you know, the end of career kind of thing in my, to my mind. I totally agree. Mid-career kind of time, by the time you're 40, is a good time to just, you know, try to think about where is it all going beyond just making more money and getting promoted. Right. Now, where do you think you're currently in your journey to your work legacy? In my case, I have become so passionate about people understanding the power of creating a legacy at work and in life. Because when you're, by the time you get to be in your late 30s or 40s, you know who you are. You have a better, much better sense of who you are and what's important to you, what your values are, and the opportunity to engage with yourself about what a legacy might look like for yourself. You can start to think about how your career has evolved and the things that you want to achieve, your goals, your dreams, and how you can create almost a roadmap in order to make those those things happen. So I think it's it's important to know that. And for myself, I'm really excited about sharing the knowledge that I have and helping people understand what they can create for themselves. Well, that's a great kind of sort of ambition for you, really. So when did your passion for legacy development begin? Was there some catalyzing moment so actually, there, there were two big moments that sort of set the foundation for my own perspective about legacy, and they didn't have a direct impact until probably in mid-career. But the first was my roommate in college, when, when we were seniors, died from a brain tumor, and she wanted to leave something for her friends and family. And at 22, you know, it's very hard to imagine what she could leave as her legacy, And after much discussion and towards the end of her life, she ultimately wrote letters to her family and friends that were so thoughtful and so purposeful and where she shared her story and how she felt her own progress in her life had had taken place. And I still have the letter that she wrote to me, which is really beautiful. But it was a profound loss that that made me realize that there is, you have to be compassionate about people and for people in order to create a legacy and imagine what a a life well-lived might look like, regardless of its length. It was just 
I can't help remarking on, on that. That must have been very difficult for you, obviously, for her. But I can only imagine 22 years old. So sad. Yeah, it was, it was very sad. And there's probably not a day in my life that I haven't thought about her, which is pretty remarkable. The second was having, for me, having two daughters. I really felt I had to consider what my responsibilities were to them when they were born and incorporate that into my work life. And I wanted to make sure I was a really good role model for them and to be honest about what I felt my purpose was, the experiences I had, and how my lessons could help guide them in the future. I really felt that I needed to provide them with perspective and a skill set that could help them create and navigate their own journey in work and life with their eyes wide open. And even when the skies were foggy or a storm is brewing. And some of that came out of the travel that I've done for clients because Mm -hmm. I've traveled to 115 countries, a lot of it, most of it for work. And all those experiences made me realize if something ever happened to me, I had an obligation to make sure my perspective was I had an obligation to make sure that they had a very solid grounding and a skill set that would help them go forward. So your legacy vision was formed by what is important to you. Yes. And I think that's with, with most people. It's mm-hmm. your values and your vision for what a good life looks like. Well, it certainly should be. You know, as I said, these things require a lot of thought and not just sort of meandering around, you know, doing whatever comes up. So yeah, right. It's value is very important. Right. It's, you know, when I, one of the things that I've, I I love to read obituaries and what I take from most of them that are, there are a lot that are really well-written and very interesting, Mm -hmm. but but you're not remembered for your degrees or your jobs or how much money you made. You're remembered for the things that you did for others and how you made them feel. How, how they shared knowledge and their lessons learned. And so to me, those, those kinds of obituaries are really educational and helpful in terms of think, for me to think about what a legacy might look like. So you say each day we leave a mark on those we work with and spend time with, share with. How do you choose what mark you leave each day? Is it intentional every day for you? It is intentional for me. Every day that I wake up, I my first thought is what I'm grateful for that that day or that morning. Mm-hmm. And it's most of the time it's the sunrise. I love watching the sunrise. Mm-hmm. But it's always making a choice. You know, we choose to be happy or in a good mood. You know, when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you have a choice at that very moment to stay with that negative energy or to just say, "Ah, it's a new day. I'll just get started." So it's about choosing, you know, whether it's gratitude or beauty or happiness versus sadness or anger. So yes, I rise very intentionally with gratitude, happiness, an intention, and I usually meditate. And I consciously think about what impact I might have each day. And that doesn't mean that there aren't days with interruptions and frustrations, but it's how I choose to navigate them and how I choose to engage with people that I work with. That's a great way to wake up every day. I actually started a gratitude habit at least a year ago, but I do it before falling asleep. 
So I don't know if I'm a sunset person or, or what, but uh, I think it's a really an important thing for anybody to do every day. I agree. So thank you for sharing your legacy at Work Vision, Liz. It's been a pleasure. And I will look forward to the next series of webinars and the people that we're going to interview to share their legacies and how we're going to help people that listen to our podcast. Absolutely. We can continue uh, with our own legacy stories, but from a somewhat different perspective in the next episode. And then we will start having guests. So see you all next time.